Hello, everyone. Just to let you know before you listen to the podcast that we're holding eight free curriculum design events for primary senior leaders in coastal locations all around the country from early next year, 2020. These half-day events are for schools who don't currently use cornerstones because we'll be covering the essential aspects of curriculum design that if you are using cornerstones, you'll already have in place. Now, as well as covering curriculum design, we'll also be showing you how to reduce workload so you can really free teachers up to teach and how to craft a curriculum that is right for your school's context and values. We're excited to be joined by the inspirational award-winning deputy head teacher and author Jonathan Lear of Gorilla Ed fame. And you'll also be able to hear from local schools about their own curriculum design journey and the impact they're having. We're coming to Grimsby, Lowestoft, Sittingbourne, Bournemouth, Plymouth, Bristol, Blackpool and Hartlepool. And you can book up to two free places on each event. There's a morning or an afternoon option and lunch and refreshments are included. So it would be wonderful to see you there. Visit our events page on our website. That's cornerstoneseducation.co.uk to book your two free places. Thank you for listening and it's back to the podcast. Welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. Here we discuss all things curriculum, plus leadership issues, teaching tips and much, much more. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. I'm Caroline Pudner and today I'm joined by Melanie Moore, who's our Curriculum Director. Now, as regular listeners will know, Mel is the brains and the heart behind the Cornerstones curriculum, and she is passionate about broadening children's experiences, skills and knowledge using the curriculum. So today we are going to discuss what Ofsted have recently coined the three eyes of curriculum and how these can be achieved either using the Cornerstones curriculum or even if you're not currently using Cornerstones, you can still think about these three eyes and hopefully this podcast will give you lots to focus on when you're designing, reviewing and indeed teaching your school's curriculum. Okay, so first, Mel, should we just explore what is meant by these three eyes? What are they? Okay, so the three eyes are the intent of your curriculum, the implementation of curriculum and the impact of the curriculum. And Ofsted have been doing a lot of work around defining these sort of three key aspects. I think mostly to give schools a common language when talking about curriculum, because mm. as part of the, the research and then the papers, if people have read them, one of the major findings was there was confusion about the terms that schools mm. were using. So I think having those three eyes quite clearly and very simply gives everyone a common language that we can all understand and use when we're talking about curriculum yeah and there is actually quite a, a useful framework that I think comes from one of the Ofsted presentations called the nine box framework mm. and it's a it's a really sort of nice um, infographic about how the three eyes are sort of fit into the framework of 
national school and classroom yeah. so maybe we could put a link to that at the end of the podcast for people to look at in a little bit more detail yeah it's nice and simple mm-hmm. actually and you can see how it's come from a national study into how the national curriculum has been implemented they've seen a few issues with yeah. that and it's translated th- into this i think what's nice about that nine box framework is it shows that ofsted have a part to play in this as well and making sure that everything's joined up. Mm. So, for example, you have the strand of intent and then it will say nationally what's happening, mm. school-wise what people should be doing and then in the classroom as well. So it it looks like it's aiming to join up those three strands of national, school, classroom. Yeah, yeah and, if, and because it's simple, it does, like you say, it gives teachers and uh, senior leaders a really clear guide and, and actually, it is about teachers as well as senior leaders, because another strong message from Ofsted seems to be that this is a whole school thing. It's looking mm-hmm. at the intent, and we'll go into that in more detail in a minute, but it's, it's definitely all the stakeholders in your school, mm-hmm. from classroom, like you say, filtered right down from national level. Yeah, and I, and I think the, the intent, that, I mean, it's a whole school thing, but that should be driven by school leaders, and yeah. all stakeholders will contribute to that, but particularly... Um, If you look at implementation, for me, that's about how your curriculum is implemented in the classroom across Mm. each key stage. And that's about the teachers who are delivering the curriculum, Mm. you know, day on day. So I think it very nicely demonstrates how everything fits together. Yeah. So I wonder if now actually we can just zoom in a little bit to the three eyes and and look at each one in turn. The intent bit is obviously where you begin. What does that mean? So if I can take a step back from that and explain that in tandem with the work and the research that Ofsted are doing, we've been working here on a module, if you like, called the Six Steps of Curriculum Design. Mm. And that is intended to be a a framework for, well, to help any school really, whether they're using cornerstones or whether they're designing their own to help guide them through not only the process of intent, implementation and impact, but also within that, the process of Mm. curriculum design. So our first step out of the six steps that comes under the intent banner is principles and purpose. And we believe there's, you know, any school would start with the curriculum design by setting out the intent of the curriculum, what they believe in, what they want children to learn, Mm. the purpose of their curriculum and making sure they're very clear about that and that all stakeholders have contributed to that and are part of that. But also it's really important to say that the intent of a school's curriculum should very much be tailored to the needs of the children and the context Mm. of the school whilst recognising any national priorities or Mm. strategies that a school needs to implement but I do think what's important about that is if you are very clear on your own principles and purpose and you know what you want as part of your curriculum and why you're doing it a school is less likely to be pulled off balance by following trends or initiatives that are not useful Mm. to their school or to the children that they're they're teaching. Yeah, I've seen that as well, just from talking to schools recently. And the the successful ones seem to be where they've 
really thought deep down what is what's mm. our community what's our school what's brilliant about our school what's our ethos so all that would come under intent and also I noticed you also included pupil entitlement and the pupil offer what is that for anyone listening who who's not sure well it's it's actually also a part of what Ofsted say is the intent of the curriculum okay. as well and we have it under the en- enrichment and entitlement mm. um, and I think Ofsted define it as those sort of additional activities that children might take part in as part of their curriculum uh, program or other specialists or experts coming mm. into school um, and, and we say it is but all of those things and we like people to think what their pupil offer will be so rather than maybe not planning those doing those things on an ad hoc Mm. basis is thinking as a whole staff what are our children entitled to in each year group Mm. and what is what is the offer um, for pupils at our school so what kind of experiences do our children need how often do we Mm. offer those Um, have we got a good range of within our pupil yeah. offer uh, and making sure that's fair and equitable and purposeful that's really across nice the whole school yeah it's like a charter almost mm. of you know these children because it's very easy I know as a teacher if you haven't planned in your memorable trips or or really rich experiences for children a whole term can go by and and, and they've not done it you know and I think it, the other thing as well is it helps in terms of budget and planning yeah because if you if you agree that in each year group has one off-site visit and two on-site visits mm. then you've got parameters mm. and you know where you are before you start to plan yeah, your projects yeah. or your teaching and um, you know the parameters with, with which you've got to work in yeah it's, it's a little bit like years ago I don't know whether they still have, but Artsmark had a sort of a charter for all the artistic experiences. Um, And I think, is it British Heritage? Or they've got sort of a list of things that children should do before they reach a certain certain age. And it's that kind of thing, really. It's just setting that out. And Mm. I think what you would clearly see by doing that at the start of the process is the children's journey across school. Mm. I can't remember, but somebody was telling me that having done this process, they've really restructured how they think about things like, you know, educational visits, but performances, you know, rather than having feeling the pressure to do something every year, they said, actually, let's do one by the end of each key stage. And they feel that's less pressured. There's more Mm. curriculum time. That's the beauty of planning ahead, which mm. is what this stage is all about, Mm. isn't it? And I also think that people offer... Um, you were saying it could be trips. Uh, if you've got your print, if one of your principles is to be more environmental, exactly. then of course your entitlement can uh, support that, That's and you could exactly you right. could make sure that every year group does an out outdoor. Um, I can't think of the word. A forest it? field field or, trip yeah. or or what? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it all starts to marry yeah. up together, yeah, doesn't it? Another example might be if you say in your curriculum principles that you want to engage more with the community or local businesses. Yeah. You know then that part of your pupil offer mm. is that every year children. Do a community-based or business-based project and you seek for those businesses to be part of the curriculum Mm. and because it's planned ahead and it's consistent it's much more likely to be sustainable yeah so it's a really helpful tool it is it is very helpful so I think we've done intent (laughs) Um, so the next part is obviously the the delivery the implementation Mm. they call it and that can cover quite a few things Mm -hmm. so what does it cover uh, from your point of view Mel 
Well, implementation is really about how effectively the objectives or the principles of the school are translated into processes, policies, mm. curriculum and, and practice. Mm. I suppose I'm coming from a slightly different point of view because if you are using um, a published scheme like Cornerstones, some of the things you may want to do in intent, like planning out what particular knowledge or skills you want children to learn at each key stage or each year group, you don't have to do that because with a published scheme, that's already done for you. So our implementation stage is about making choices about um, which projects you want to teach, which topics you want to do, when you want to do them, how long you want to do them for and into what level of depth, how you want to link things together. Mm. And also, you know, which key concepts you will do and just making sure that they are connected and progressive. Mm. So then once you know what concepts, knowledge and skills you want to teach, and of course you've got to link all of that to national curriculum and age-related expectations, Mm. teachers need to plan the schemes of work that will actually deliver those. So that includes deciding how to break down the knowledge and skills how to plan that into a sequence or series of lessons um, and how you're going to flash that out into um, something which is a coherent Mm. weekly or termly plan. Doing that will then help teachers to build up children's competence and understanding of those key concepts, Mm. skills and knowledge over time. And again, if if you have a published scheme like Cornerstones, that level of planning is already done for you but for schools who don't use a published scheme that's when they're going to be looking at the very finite detail of their day-to-day delivery and um, progression of their curriculum Mm. that is the most difficult stage that's really looking at the finite details of your of the design of your curriculum and then how that's implemented Mm. into the classroom that's a long thought it's a mammoth task because you've talked recently about connecting because not only it's not not just good enough to go and write loads of schemes of work you've also got to think how subjects build upon each other over the years so it's a huge multi-dimensional thing and if you are interested in this aspect do listen Mm. to our other podcast we did recently on connections in in uh, the curriculum and there's an article in our magazine okay so you've got so you've done all that body of work or you've got a published scheme what else is involved in implementation well we we also say that teaching narrative is part of implementation which touched on which is again how effectively you can put in place in the classroom the these whole school principles so yeah. and and what does that look like in your daily weekly termly teaching and like you said if if environmental education is important mm. for a school can i see that can i see that every day in the classroom or can i see that every week or every mm. term mm. what what examples of mm. environmental learning are the children doing Mm. but actually I think if you are clear and you're agreed on your whole school principles that actually makes your designing your teaching and developing your teaching narrative a lot easier because you know what you you have to do and you want to do and you know what you don't have to do and you don't want to do so you're not trying to do everything Mm. but not only that you can articulate why it's like that because you've got the bigger picture of your intent if somebody asks you well why aren't these children doing x you can say well because our school one of our key or core principles is this and we're prioritizing this and we allocate more curriculum time to this particular Mm. aspect of learning Mm. and whilst we do that Mm. we do it in this way it's this is the main focus 
Yeah, and I think as well as the content, it's also the style of teaching, even that if questioning or uh, encouraging curiosity is one of your curriculum principles, yeah. then you'd expect if you went in a school, in a classroom for those teachers yeah. to be engaging with children yeah. in that way. So it can mean that, you know, lots yeah. of different things, can't it? Yeah, and also, you know, if you think about the, the conversations at the moment, so is your curriculum engaged? engaged knowledge or knowledge rich knowledge, yeah. or you know if you've said in your curriculum principles that your curriculum is knowledge rich then you would expect to see that yeah. in the classroom and what does that look like in terms exactly. of pedagogy and teaching and learning yeah. but if you've if your school is a creative school or an engaged knowledge curriculum then you'd expect to see a balance of both skills and mm. knowledge so mm. that's also quite an interesting development at the moment as well yes and so so part maybe of the schools listening is for you to decide really yeah. what is the best yeah. balance for your school well, we we are we have workbooks for each stage of this curriculum design yeah. process and as part of that in the principles and purpose we say that schools should set out their principles around their values their context their pedagogy which is what we've just been talking about and the needs of the school mm. so very specifically we say think about these areas yeah. and articulate what's important to you but, but pedagogy is definitely one of them yeah Okay, so that's the implementation stage. Now, they've also identified the impact mm -hmm. stage, which, you know, is incredibly important. And interestingly, I noticed on the uh, Ofsted presentation they've done on the three eyes, it does say this is about, this is not about schools demonstrating impact, it's about them knowing impact. So what, can we unpick that, <laughs> what it well, might be? you can mean? try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was lucky enough to speak to Sean Harford and, and we mm. did speak a little bit about that. And you know, he, he just had a very common sense approach to assessment, um, you know, that it's not just about ticking lots of boxes for the sake mm -hmm. of it. What you need to be able to do is to be able to identify gaps in the children's learning, yeah. to be able to articulate those mm -hmm. and to say what you're going to do about it. Mm -hmm. And a school needs to find a way mm -hmm. of observing that yes. and using that information purposefully. Exactly. It's not just for filling in tick boxes no he said it was meaningful meaningful assessment and I think maybe with the impact stage as well what the, what that knowing means is that it's something that is done for the good of the children for the for the teaching and for the future teaching so if you know that your curriculum intent and purposes are working well and it's it's having an impact on your children yeah. then that's great carry on doing that but it's also about about identifying weaknesses and being honest about that isn't yeah, it you, I mean I wrote the Cornerstone's curriculum what four or five years ago mm. now and, you know, you get to know its strengths and you get to know its weaknesses from the evidence of schools doing that and schools mm. tell us. And then, you know, part of our work is we, we then take a look at that yeah. again and we reshape it and mm. we improve it. And we've also got a workbook around reviewing and evaluating the curriculum as well. So as part of the six steps module, we, we have a stage uh, and a workbook which invites the whole school to review and evaluate curriculum progress yeah. so far to say what's gone well what needs work on and to sort of set priorities mm. for the next year or to revisit to start the cycle again and go back to step one and think right we might need to refine our principles now because actually either this has become a bigger part a bigger priority this you know yeah. things change yeah. but I think if you have that cycle in place it's mm. much easier to keep your curriculum fresh and if you keep that cycle in mind yeah your curriculum is always going to be on point yeah. and relevant 
And the only way you know that is by really knowing whether it's having an impact Mm -hmm. on not just the children, but speaking to teachers. I see the impact on teachers as well and on on the school, the well-being of the school and the kind of feel of a school when it's got a really coherent Mm -hmm. curriculum. And these three eyes obviously are stages, but if if you can nail that even for one cycle and then think well we'll we'll adapt it and we'll change again it's it's that that keeps like you say it keeps things fresh but it it means you're doing the very best for your your children and your staff so something that, that this brings to mind i know it's a little bit contentious thinking about business and schools and so on for some people but i did listen to a podcast recently about branding and something really struck me which is this lady was a ceo of a company and she said what the best learning she'd had from it is to know what you are and what you're not. Yeah. <laughs> and I think in a way, schools, by setting their principles and their ethos, their values, yeah. really crystallize what we are. And like you said earlier, you know, if you decide this is what we're doing, this is what we're prioritizing, it actually can have a, a positive impact on the feel in a school and on, obviously with the children, but also on workload, I mm. think, because you don't have to feel you you got to do everything Everything. and fit Mm. everything in you know and I've seen positive examples of that so anyway that's all we've got time for today thanks to Mel for joining me and I hope you the listener have found it a useful guide to support your own curriculum thinking do take a look on our website where you can find more support and also information about our new curriculum design tool curriculum maestro that can help you deliver your own three eyes. And of course, Ofsted have got lots of advice about the three eyes and about curriculum design in general on their website too. So until next time, it's goodbye from us here.